Welcome to the Conversion Tracking Playbook, where we share how to overcome tracking challenges that e-commerce brands face today and real-world examples of transforming data into insights. Alrighty, welcome back to another episode of the Conversion Tracking Playbook. I'm your host, Brad Redding, and today I'll be sharing seven example prompts that I tested out in ChatGPT from an analyst and or strategist perspective, and also share some news on a new Google Tag Manager implementation or document out from Shopify and how it will impact your checkout tracking. So not purchase tracking, but just your checkout tracking for plus and non-plus stores. Let's start out with everyone's favorite buzzword, chat GPT or product, not a buzzword, product. If you have not dabbled with it, I highly recommend it. I have been dabbling with it for quite some time. And this past Friday, I actually found myself looking, just evaluating different data sets. And I said, you know what? I am going to just hop over to ChatGPT and see if I can get some assistance on this. So the first scenario, and this part of it was I was looking for some content help as well and uh, doing some deeper data dives. So the first scenario was I had a data set where I had a unique user ID when that user signed up for an email, the date stamp for that, if and when that same user ID completed a purchase and the date stamp from that purchase and wanted to try to understand nuances of email to purchase flows and yeah, just anything that might be interesting. Duration between email sign up to purchase flows, if that changes based on a channel mix, et cetera. So my first prompt was, can you tell me something interesting about this data set based on your own analysis? And I took my entire table, copied and pasted it into the prompt and got an error saying there's, please try again, something like, you know, too much data uploaded or, or too much information uploaded. So then I had to scale that back. And well, unfortunately, if you actually ask, so I just said, how many rows of data can you accept? And I believe the answer was, I can accept as much data as you want to give me. Anyways, obviously a nuance there of still figuring things out as a from a new product perspective. But so I just took a smaller data set, smaller chunk of that data, uploaded it. And it was, I would say, in a pinch, my sentiment summary was in a pinch, I thought it did pretty well and demonstrated the potential when you are in a pinch if you have a small to medium size-ish data set and you just want to get some even just ideas of what to look for. It spit out six different unique intricacies about this data set. And then I went through and asked different variations. I was asking for analyzing time between the email signup versus the purchase signup. And what was interesting about that, so what I again, I copied and pasted this data set where every user ID that existed, it wasn't always that that same user ID had an email and purchase. So there were gaps. So when I uploaded this asking like, hey, can you tell me something interesting about the the time between these events? It actually, the, the response was, before I can do that, I need to filter out and look at rows where an email and a purchase exists. And it was just going through row by row, just again, cleaning out that data set. That was really cool and something that I wasn't expecting to see, especially if you are fairly new to chat GPT and maybe new even just to trying to extract data 
analysis or insights out of it. So anyways, let me just share the response from the analysis of that data set. So quote unquote, based on my analysis of this data set, there are a few interesting insights. Number one, multiple sources drive user signups and purchases, goes through listing out different sources, TikTok, Google, Bing, etc. This indicates that the marketing efforts are diversified across multiple channels. Number two, different marketing campaigns and mediums. This data set includes various marketing campaigns such as X, Y, and Z. This suggests that the company is using a multifaceted approach to reach its target audience. Eh, kind of an eh response. Number three, email signup dates are mostly recent. Most of the email signups have occurred within the last month, indicating that the data set represents recent customer acquisition activities. That was a no-brainer. It was obvious because the data set I pulled was only from March. Number four, fast conversions. In several cases, the time between the email signup and purchase is relatively short, which could suggest that the company has an effective sales funnel or that their marketing campaigns and promotions are encouraging customers to make quick decisions. I thought that one was, was okay. In number five, multi-touch attribution. Some users have multiple sources and mediums associated with their signups and purchases. This suggests that the data set is capturing multiple touch points in the customer journey and could potentially be used for multi-touch attribution analysis. Number five, so that was the last one. I thought that was probably the most interesting and that is what led me down to go a little bit deeper of, okay, take the same data set and tell me some differences or something interesting between the time between the email signup and the purchase. So that was the first scenario. I probably spent more time than I should have just, again, trying all kinds of different prompts. And I will say that is a skill that is going to, in my opinion, rapidly advance and also separate novice uh, users to advanced users because I, I have noticed that at least as of today, the right prompt can make a significant difference in the response that you get. The second scenario, this one, I was looking for CRO ideas. So it was a fairly general question. I just prompted, what are the best performing conversion optimization experiments to run in early April for direct-to-consumer brands selling online in the United States? So again, this was a prompt practice where I wanted specifics on CRO activities. I wanted specifics on time of year and wanted specifics on e-commerce brands selling online in a specific locale. Uh, just assuming there might be and likely are some geo differences that work depending on all these different factors that I just mentioned. I gave three ideas. And the sentiment that I have from the three ideas is if you are a junior or mid-level strategist or CRO expert, then I would say it would be helpful. So yeah, I would say just give it a try. And I'm just going to scroll through here to find uh, the example responses. It was talking about actually some copywriting tips, proving CTAs. It talked about free shipping callouts. It talked about uh, guest checkouts. So yeah, this is one I don't want to spill the beans and not encourage you to go do this because your prompt will make a difference. So just try this one out. Scenario two, just idea generation. Just ask what are some best performing CRO experiments to run for you and include a, a couple nuances or maybe descriptors that'll help make it a little bit more relevant for you. All right, so the next prompt that I tried and I took a multi-channel funnel report from Universal Analytics. So this is the, if you're thinking about the left nav and Universal Analytics, bottom left, multi-channel funnel, 
and I looked at first touch versus last touch comparisons for an attribution model and just use source medium and looking at conversions and conversion value and just did the same thing that I did in the first scenario. I just wanted to look at the just hoping chat GPT would give me something interesting. So it was copy and paste this huge data set and say, hey, can you tell me something interesting um, or how would you interpret this data? So that was the exact prompt was just literally, quote unquote, how would you interpret this data? And I just copy and pasted all of the sample output from the universal analytics interface. And I'll summarize this. I won't go through verbatim because the response was fairly long, but quote, this data represents the performance of various marketing channels for a business that shows conversions, conversion value, percentage change in conversion value from first versus last touch interaction. The data is organized by source medium. Here's a summary of the findings. Uh, direct traffic has the highest number of conversions, but saw a decrease in 49% in conversion value from the first interaction to last interaction. Google CPC, and pretty much there was four summaries, and they were all pretty much the same. It just listed out the four top channels with the biggest change between first and last touch. So I would say, again, the sentiment, my initial reaction to this one was, okay, if you are not experienced with looking and analyzing the multi-channel funnel report in GA, this might be a little bit helpful just to help you learn how to interpret that data. But again, the summary, I would need to go deeper on this one to try to extract more insights personally to uh, recommend uh, go use ChatGPT to help you analyze your MCF funnel report in GA. So that was scenario number three that I tried. Scenario number four, this is a trick scenario. I input a analyze this landing page URL and put in a bunch of different landing pages of our own LLBAR customers. And I would get a response, but it's a, they actually have it in the notes or the FAQs is as of today, currently it can't go analyze a live URL. I believe it's likely because it actually did spit out a response. I got to say the first time that I tried this, I didn't know that I can't analyze a live URL. And I got the response. I gave like eight awesome, really what I, what I thought were awesome tips and recommendations. And I definitely had the holy cow, what the heck is going on? This is amazing. Anyways, and so I gave it a URL. This is kind of just a, an example to see what it would do. I gave it a URL, say, hey, can you analyze this landing page to help me improve my conversion rate? My target audience is X in this location and added the URL. And the response was, I reviewed the page and here are some suggestions to improve conversion rates while targeting demographic of females age 30 to 50. Headline, subheading, visuals, testimonials, clear call to action. That's what it listed out. And it was giving very, very specific examples of what to include in the CTA button. Uh, what type of visuals to include, how to structure your headline and subheading. So as this was just writing out the response, I definitely had the, holy cow, this is going to be amazing when it can actually process live pages. Unfortunately, if you try this, it's you're getting a cached version of the page. So even if you just put in get Elevar, you're going to see like the, our old tagline from two or three years ago and uh, just giving some suggestions on that. So that was the fourth scenario, a little bit of a trick scenario, but I would still try this because we are probably not that far away where this will be able to process live URLs. And it was, again, if you don't know that it's not actually doing the live URL, you will have a holy cow moment. 
Scenario number five, providing alternative headlines. So this is really where I thought ChatGPT shines from a data analysis or strategist perspective. So in this one, again, I was just using some customers uh, of ours and just grabbing their headlines either from top landing pages or from their homepage and dropping that in there. And the prompt that I gave it was, what are some benefit-driven alternatives to use for this headline? Help me increase my conversion rate on my landing page selling a, you know, whatever product that I'm selling. And the headlines were great. So I included the headline that was on the homepage or the landing page. And the alternatives that ChatGPT gave were awesome. If you aren't A-B testing or you are doing very limited A-B testing, or if you are testing, but you aren't doing copywriting testing, this is the easiest way to start to build your confidence and just comfort level with using AI to help augment your day-to-day and make you faster. So instead of you trying to come up with other headlines to test, just drop in your current headline here, ask for some alternatives. And for me, I'm not saying that I'm the best today at the prompts, but trying to include like, what am I trying to get out of? What's my goal? I want a different headline that'll help me increase my conversion rate. So that was an awesome one. Again, out of all the scenarios, I think this was the best. And you can do this with descriptions too. I've tried this with product descriptions, tried this with uh, other copy coming up with new product names or feature names. So this one is is one that I was uh, very, very pleasantly surprised. But this next one, scenario six, I think I shared this when it first came out six months ago or eight months ago, my first reaction or first thought was, can ChatGBT help create custom tags for Google Tag Manager? So this is scenario six. And I was prompting, the prompt was, can you create a custom HTML trigger that I can use in Google Tag Manager that fires when a user adds a monthly plan only? So this is a, I was simulating a product page where you have a one-time product and a subscription product. And I wanted a custom HTML trigger that only would fire on a subscription add to product and included the product URL. Again, it's not really relevant. You can actually grab the source code. So you can grab the source code and drop it in there and ask for it to create the custom HTML trigger. But um, again, if you're watching this, if you have not used ChatGPT much and you see it starting to write out custom JavaScript, again, it's pretty cool to see. But it did it. It wrote out a full custom HTML tag. So I wrote a, a piece of JavaScript and added class names that he'd have to fill in. So there was part of it. So it did about 80% of it. And then you would have to do the 20% of filling in the class names for the add to cart for the one time or the subscription product. But this is one I certainly can see. I know our team's doing this is using ChatGPT. If you are coming into a new GTM account and being asked to audit, clean up, etc., and you don't know what the heck the script is or what service it's for, that's the other way you can use it is just copy and paste the script from GTM and a chat GPT and ask for it. Like, can you tell me what the script does or, or what service it's for? And it will give you a response back. So a lot of potential here, in my opinion, for Google Tag Manager, or we already know, and if you haven't seen, there's some amazing code examples and just making code more efficient, better quality, faster production. And obviously Google Tag Manager can be very code heavy as well. So that is scenario six, which I thought was, uh, again, pretty awesome to see. And the scenario seven was a, getting more into just general recommendations. So the prompt here was, how long should a product video be on an e-commerce page in order to maximize the conversion rate of the product? And I ask a few other just general prompts around best practices, responses, sentiment. And this one was pretty low. They were fairly generic. And, uh, and you know what? I'm not even going to give the response because it was so generic. It's not really worth going into so maybe this one will improve. 
over time and or maybe just my prompts weren't the best to begin with. I'll definitely try it. So some other things that I've done with it recently, we have a, a new product coming out with Elevar here soon. I used it to like, hey, here is what this feature is going to be doing. Can you generate some creative product names for me? And it did. It listed out like a bunch of feature or a bunch of names and it explained why it was using certain uh, words in the name. So I thought that was pretty interesting to do. And uh, yeah, give it a try. I would say there are a subset of folks that I'm seeing really wrap their arms around AI in general and not just chat GBT. There's other tools like Descript and others that can really just make your day-to-day process more efficient. And then there's a whole host of folks that just don't have the time to do it, uh, not that they're for or against it. And then you have the opposite end uh, of the spectrum where some folks are just completely against it and see it as a, I don't know, it's terrible for humanity, et cetera. I am certainly embracing it because there's no stopping it at this point. You can just look at all the startups that are embracing AI and trying to add that into their product. I'm actually looking at one more prompt that I did here. I had to write a 50-word description uh, for our uh, latest Inc. 500 submission. And I just want to try it out. I took our, our normal company overview and said, hey, here's our company overview. Can you consolidate this into 50 words or less? And I did it and it was great. So I just want to share that as I uh, saw this up in my screen. All right. So that is chat GPT examples. And uh, you can see my LinkedIn carousel on this very soon. Just kidding. But uh, I'm sure uh, you've probably seen a ton of those uh, on LinkedIn or Twitter over the last few months. And uh, I haven't seen too much on the data analysis or technical analysis front. So I thought I would share some in our world and how we might try to utilize this in the future. Now I'll cut over to a few updates on Google Tag Manager and the world of Shopify. So there is a new article on the Shopify Help Center under their custom pixels documentation. And it is create a Google Tag Manager custom pixel inside custom pixels. If you are not familiar with custom pixels or the WebPixel API or check out extensibility, there'll be a link in the show notes that, and by the way, I think some of the descriptions changed with, uh, at least in Spotify, I saw some of the show note links not working. So we'll try to figure out what's going on there since they changed and we haven't changed the way that we are doing our show notes. So there'll be a, link to an article on our blog that'll go through the WebPixel API and everything that encompasses in the new Shopify checkout. But historically, they have not had any documentation within the world of custom pixels around Google Tag Manager. And it was, I think, generally known or talked about out in the world of analytics, and including us, that GTM won't really function inside the new checkout for uh, plus or, or non-plus stores. And in order to maintain tracking within the checkout, so think initiate checkout, payment info, shipping info steps, that you'd have to leverage either the WebPixel Manager, WebPixel API, an app that uh, integrates with a WebPixel API like Elevar, or server-side tracking that potentially does all of the above. There, again, is this new doc that Shopify has that shows how to implement a Google Tag Manager custom pixel. It is still wrapped within the, the context of the sandboxed JavaScript inside the checkout. So technically, you can implement GTM, but there are going to be some gotchas to consider. So this is from John, who wrote this up for us. And this is on our knowledge base as well, which again, I'll have a link in the show notes for this. So quote, for example, Google Ads clicks typically are accompanied by a G-click ID in the URL. The G-click ID will map a conversion to an ad click in Google's system. 
This gclick ID value is saved as a cookie in the main browser context when the user lands in the store. So when a Google Ads tag fires, it automatically looks for this value in a specified cookie. In the web pixel context, where this Google Tag Manager quote-unquote pixel can live, this cookie is not present and needs to be pulled using the web pixel API. So this needs to be done on a per-channel basis for each channel to have the information it needs to fire accurately. There are other potential problems or gotchas that exist. For example, some tags look for URLs automatically wherever the tag is fired, but in the WebPixel context, the URL that is automatically detected is an unrelated iframe URL that may cause problems for some tracking channels. And that is the gist of this is even though you can implement Google Tag Manager similar to the upsell uh, post-purchase block, it is still in an iframe, so it's still sandboxed, and there are certain restrictions where it's not going to be just a copy and paste and everything works uh, as it should function normally. So keep that in mind. Again, this is fairly new where Shopify has it on their docs, and we will likely continue to add documentation because our goal is if you want to DIY it, do it yourself. Uh, we want to help support you with that with uh, helpful documentation, videos, et cetera, where you can do that. Uh, if you are unable or don't want to mess with doing that, then that's where we Elevar and our product can help. So keep that in mind. Just want to share that. So the links will be to the Shopify docs on this, as well as the Elevar knowledge base overview that goes more in depth that I just shared that John on our team put together and a lot more to come here as we have many of our customers that are really rushing to upgrade to checkout extensibility. And we're trying to support as best as we can. As always, if you have any questions, just hit me up and uh, let us know how we can help. So that is it for today. A quick update on GTM and the new Shopify checkout and seven chat GPT examples. I highly encourage you to try it out for yourself. Even if one out of seven or two out of seven, like I found, prompts are useful and valuable over time, you will save time. You will definitely save time. And uh, I think it is going to continue to get better and better and uh, make all of our data analysis problems potentially go away. Just kidding. But I do see a lot of potential there for it to help us process big data sets so we can work on more meaningful and strategic work and less in the weeds. As always, thank you for supporting Elevar and this podcast. And if you have any episodes or ideas or guests that you'd like me to bring on here, let me know. Just find me on LinkedIn. Shoot me a, a DM. I'd love to try to see that guest come to fruition, come on here and uh, potentially tackle that topic that you're hoping that we cover soon. With that, see you next time. Thanks. Did you enjoy today's episode? If so, we release two new episodes per week. So be sure to subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else that you subscribe and listen to your podcasts. I also have a favor to ask. I'd really appreciate if you could leave a comment or review so I can learn exactly how to improve future episodes for you. And last but not least, if you want to connect with me, find me on LinkedIn by searching Brad Redding at Elevar. That's E-L-E-V-A-R. Or you can DM me on Twitter. My handle is I am Brad Redding. I look forward to connecting with you. Thanks again. Thanks again.